Are you ready to dive into the powerful truth the kingdom of heaven has for us? Let's join our host, Ruth Hendrickson, for Real Truth with Ruth as we dive into the Word of God. Hey everyone, welcome. It's good to be with you. We're going to talk about um, what does the church shout to the world? What do we shout to the world? And I was really struck this morning by a statement and it got me to thinking about the various churches that I've attended or been on pastoral staff at. It got me pondering the religious structures, the cultural structures that impact us and how at times we represent Jesus and how at times we don't. So now you're saying, okay, what's the statement that got you pondering? Great question. Let me share that with you. It is the church of Jesus Christ should herald the heart of Jesus, longing to receive sinners into his family. Those who come to him will not be cast out, but no religious elite should feel smugly comfortable in the church. Let me read that to you again, okay? The church of Jesus Christ should herald the heart of Jesus, longing to receive sinners into his family. Those who come to him will not be cast out, but no religious elite should feel smugly comfortable in the church. That can feel out, sure, it can be like, yes, um, but let's dive into what we're saying here a little bit more. Let's go to Mark. And we're going to go to chapter two, and our focus is going to be on verses 13 to 17. Okay, so it reads, Then Jesus went out to the lake shore again and taught the crowds that were coming to him. As he walked along, he saw Levi, son of Alphaeus, sitting at his tax collector's booth. Follow me and be my disciple, Jesus said to him. So Levi got up and followed him. Okay, let's stop right there. Key number one. The crowds, notice that the crowds were coming to Jesus. Okay, crowds are kind of like the wind. They come and go. Okay, they shift around. They're not building a relationship. They're more observers. Okay, whereas the disciples are called, like Jesus called Levi right here. And they get up, they obey, and they follow Jesus. Okay, so that's really important. Crowds shift. They come to see the show or come to see the spectacle. There's curiosity there, but there's not attachment. Okay, the disciples hear the call, obey the call, attach, follow, become disciples, learn from Jesus. So that's key number one. The question that, that jumps off from that is what does your walk look like? What does my walk look like? Um, are we more like the crowd that jumps in and out and shifts all around and is curious and maybe enter in for a moment, but then jump back? Or are we like a disciple that's really building the relationship, staying with Jesus, staying in this presence? What does your walk look like? This is really important because the world is watching. Okay, they're watching the body of Christ as much as they're condemning the body of Christ right now, as much as they're trying to shame and quiet the body of Christ. The truth is that they're watching. And so they notice both the crowd, the hypocrisy. They also notice the disciples, okay, the lovers of Jesus. And so the question becomes, as, as the world looks at each one of us, what are we reflecting? Okay, are, are we shifting shadows or are we fully aligned with the Lord? Are we spectators or are we in his presence? What are we modeling? What are we reflecting? What's coming out from the very core of our being? Okay, let's keep going. Picking up with verse 15. 
Later, Levi invited Jesus and his disciples to go to his home as dinner guests, along with many tax collectors and other disreputable sinners. There were many people of this kind among Jesus's followers. I want you to catch that real quick. Okay, so Levi, the despised tax collector, goes as invites Jesus to his home. Jesus goes. He's invited a whole bunch of dinner guests. Levi has. And scripture is very clear that there were many of this kind of people among Jesus's followers. That is really, really important. And it could be easy to skip right over that and say, okay, Levi went and invited a lot of other tax collectors or people who were considered sinners. That's true. But don't miss the point that scripture says that they were followers. They weren't the crowd. They were followers. And there were many of this type who were followers of Jesus. Okay, let's keep going. Verse 16. But when the teachers of the religious law, who were Pharisees, saw him eating with tax collectors and other sinners, they asked his disciples, why does he eat with such scum? So let's stop there again, okay? This is a scandal. Okay, you know, here, here Jesus not only called a tax collector. Now let's go back. Let's back up. His other disciples at this point were fishermen. Okay. Fishermen were still questionable. They were kind of the, the, on the fringe of society. They weren't total outcasts, but they were kind of on the fringe. So it still would have like begged the question with, with the religious elite, with the religious leaders. But then when he goes and he, he calls tax collectors into his inner circle, when the moment he called Levi, that took it to a whole nother level because the Jewish people considered tax collectors to be traitors. In fact, the rabbis agreed that it was okay for a Jewish, for a Jew to lie to a tax collector. You know, we're the, the other thing is that tax collectors and people of this type were, were considered that, that, they could never be saved. Like they were hopelessly lost. There was absolutely no hope for them whatsoever. The other thing is, is tax collectors were considered to be morally unclean, right? Because of what they were doing. They would often steal from the people they were aligned with the Roman government. Um, And so from Jewish law, Jesus would have been become unclean by eating with them. So not only would a good Jewish man not associate with the tax collector, it was okay to lie to the tax collector. They were considered hopelessly lost. They were considered unclean. But here is Jesus stepping in to the middle of all that. So the key is never judge to be unclean what Jesus has judged to be clean. You know, these tax collectors, they wouldn't have been allowed in the synagogue because they're unclean. And yet Jesus goes into their home. Now, always remember, just like with um, people with leprosy, you know, if you touched a leper, you were considered to be unclean. But when Jesus touched lepers, they were made clean. Okay, what Jesus carries when, when we're touched by Jesus, when we're close to Jesus, jumps off him onto us. Okay, so we can never afford to judge to be unclean what Jesus has judged to be clean. So, the question is, that was the key, never judged to be unclean, what Jesus is judged to be clean. That begs the question, do the poor, the out, 
outcasts, the homeless, the prostitutes. Um, oh my gosh, the the um, the the present day tax collectors, which here in the United States would be like your IRS agents. You know, are they are they welcome? Are they welcome into community? Or do they feel welcome in the church? You see, I want to go another step further because often, as I as I was pondering this, often we make the mistake when somebody does come into the church, you know, we've been walking with the Lord for a long time and we've got a better understanding of his word. And so like, it's like we expect when they come into the church, they're automatically going to align with the word of God. Like they're going to know what his word says. They're going to know what it is to be morally right, to be, to stand on the word of God, to follow the values that are in scripture. But you know what? Honestly, that's a learning process. How many, how many of us have had to change behaviors as we walked with the Lord? Because when we first came to know him, we didn't even know something was wrong. We didn't know it didn't align with his word. And yet so often what happens is we have people who set foot inside the church. They feel that call, that drawing, or even from curiosity. And they accept Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. And then they found them, find themselves condemned. And we condemn them and judge them rather than than discipling them and helping them learn to follow Jesus. We become like the Pharisees, condemning what we see on the surface, where Jesus is looking at the heart and looking at a future. You know, um, we journey with the Lord and it takes time. And um, so when somebody walks in, the downtrodden, the broken, the sinner, How we respond in that season will determine if the person can uh, continues to draw close to Jesus. And then we see that change in lifestyle and behavior and way of thinking and belief system and all that. So they, they, they begin to align with who God created them to be and who the Lord is and the truth of the word of God. Or do we become judgmental? where we send them fleeing because they feel like they can never reach the standard that we're setting before them. You know, after, you know, the, the Pharisees, they, they go to uh, the disciples and ask why Jesus would associate with these people. Why does he eat with such scum is what the new living translation says. Um, you know, and that word gets back to Jesus. He would have known anyways because he knows our thoughts. So he would have even heard those whispered conversations. Even if they weren't whispered, he would have heard them. He would have known. He always knows. And so verse 17 says, when Jesus heard this, he told them, healthy people don't need a doctor. Sick people do. This is really important. Listen to this language here. I have come to call not those who think they are righteous, but those who no, they are sinners. You know, throughout scripture, Jesus was excellent, excellent at turning, um, at overturning like these conventional categories and religious systems. Like he would just flip them upside down. And that hasn't changed today. He's still flipping the cultural systems and the religious traditions. He's still flipping them upside down. This account that we're looking right here in Mark 2 it shows us a shift. Basically, we're seeing the Messiah has come. He's preaching the need to repent and believe in the gospel. The religious leaders who are actually part of the crowd, who think that they're on the inside, 
They've shifted to the outside. They're outside the kingdom. Again, that statement that I started with is the church of Jesus Christ should herald the heart of Jesus, longing to receive sinners into his family. Those who come to him will not be cast out, but no religious elite should feel um, smugly comfortable within the church. I just want to take a moment and ask the Lord to forgive us for when we've been the religious elite, for, for when we've been like the Pharisees and we've been judging and ask more for the heart of Jesus Christ that that we can truly minister to to those who know that they're sinners and and help them walk into the fullness of what the Lord has for them. So let's just pray. Heavenly Father, we come before you. And Lord, we ask your forgiveness. We take full responsibility for the times when we've been like the Pharisees here where where we've judged, where we've questioned, where where we've been part of the crowd rather than a disciple, where we've condemned others. Because they don't look the same as we do. They don't act the same as we do. So, Lord, we ask your forgiveness. And, Father, we ask you to pour within us your heart, your heart for the hurting, your heart for the lost, your heart for the sinners. Because as were we, as were we, every person on the face of this earth is in desperate need of a Savior. So, Father, we want to reflect you. We want to reflect your love. We want to bring people into the kingdom and let them become disciples and and to grow with you. And we want to be agents to that growth. So, Lord, give us new eyes to see and give us that heart of compassion that, that sees truth and that sees potential and that sees who you're calling them to be, that sees destiny, their God given destiny. So, Lord, we just cry out to you. And already, Already, even as I see this, it's like I can see people who have felt shamed and condemned within the church, and they're beginning to stand up, like they're beginning to stand up because we're beginning to see differently, because we're making it a safe place for them to grow with the Lord. So, Lord, for those people who are standing up right now in the spiritual, we call that into the physical. Father, that that we would see that happening within our churches, within our individual spheres of influence. That, that, Father, those who know they are sinners would come running to the living God. And, Lord, we would welcome them with open arms. And, again, rather than speaking condemnation over them, we would be calling them into the fullness of their destiny, the fullness into what you've given them, the fullness into who you've created them to be. So, Father, we just say yes and amen. And, God, we're excited. We can't wait to see this manifest. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, thank you for joining me today. It's been a pleasure to be with you. Again, check out the website. It is ruthhendrickson.com. And if you want to learn more about Michelle Ministry, you can also check out the Michelle website. And that website is uh, Michelle Ministry, M-A-S-H-A-H.com. Again, thank you for being with me today. Have a great day and be so incredibly blessed. If you enjoyed this podcast, please be sure to comment, like, review, and share it with others to help us reach more people. We also invite you to like and follow Ruth Hendrickson Ministries on Facebook or subscribe to the YouTube channel. We welcome your prayers and financial partnership to make this podcast possible. If you would like to financially support this ministry, please visit our website, ruthhendrickson.org.